I want to start off by asking, has anyone here been to the York Maze Maze? A few, a few hands. Only a few. I'm shocked. Okay. Well, made over from over one million maze plants, covering an area larger than eight Wembley stadiums, it is the largest maze in the whole of Europe and one of the biggest in the world, so you should go. Um, <laughs> it's massive. In fact, um, you can imagine how excited I was when um, last summer we took about 30 young carers, um, which is like the work that I do, all aged eight to, eight to 10 years old, to complete this um, mahusive maze. I had a group of six eight-year-old girls, all lovely, all hyper, and all very excited to be out of the house, let alone let loose in a gigantic maze. Of course, as we set out to start the maze, we were confident. How hard can it be? Nah, it'll be easy. It was a beautiful sunny day. We couldn't have asked for more. Until three minutes in. Rosie, are we almost there yet? <laughs> That's my, um, my attempt for Yorkshire accent. Uh, I am from Yorkshire. Um, no, <laughs> just don't really have it. Um, no, Stacey, we've just started. Um, but Rosie, I'm really tired. Uh, <laughs> no, Stacey, you're fine. Come on, let's. You lead the, le the way, you lead the way. Um, and so it went on. Five minutes later. Rosie, how long till we finish? <laughs> Sydney, we've not even got to the first clue yet, love. Um, but my feet hurt. And so it went on. And not for five minutes, not for 10 minutes, not 30 minutes, but 90 minutes of whinging. We had girls in tears. We had girls fighting. We had a girl on the floor complaining her kidneys had stopped working. <laughs> they're young carers so they know these things and you'd think it couldn't get any worse until that 90 minute point when we lost two of them they did a runner Katie, Danny, where are you? Katie, Danny the other four girls had actually stopped complaining at this point quite excited by the new adventure um, and it was my turn to be worrying although as a leader you have to remain utterly calm they're going to be fine girls tell you what, I bet they're just hiding so the girls played hide-and-seek with the two lost girls while I was racking my brain with what on earth I should do. What would happen if they found someone in the maze? Um, anything could happen to them. It wasn't made any easier with the fact that after an hour and a half of being in the maze, we were still lost and I had no idea if we were close to the end or not. I knew there were some maze workers who were dotted around, mainly by the side of the maze, and I had told the girls is my leadership, my being a leader, that, that worst case scenario, if they were to get lost, because this tends to happen in my situation, um, they were to find someone that works there, stay with them, and we would find them. So I was just praying, come on, Katie, Danny, please do what you've told, do, do, please do what I've told you to do. They're hiding really well, Rosie. In fact, they're hiding really well, Rosie. <laughs> you sure they're not lost? Um, I think they've gone over to hide this way, I said, leading the four girls in the direction of the edge. I was determined they would be there. Those few minutes of losing those girls felt like an hour. My mouth dry, trying to remain calm for the others as I led them to the side to see Katie and Danny stood there sheepishly next to one of the workers. As we were shown out how to get out of the maze that we were still in two hours later, you can imagine my relief. So, today we're looking at the search of the shepherds. Most of us will know the well-known story whereby the shepherds are told of the birth of baby Jesus and that they are told to go and find him sleeping in a manger. So we'll have a little look at Luke 2. This is the maze, by the way. 
you should go. There were some shepherds in that part of the country who were spending the night in the fields, taking care of their flocks. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone over them. They were terribly afraid, but the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I am here with good news for you, which will bring great joy to all the people. This very day in David's town, your Savior was born, Christ the Lord. And this is what will prove it to you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great army of heaven's angels appeared with the angel, singing praises to God. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away back into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and saw the baby lying in the manger. When the shepherds saw him, they told him, they told them what the angel had said about the child. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said. Mary remembered all these things and thought deeply about them. The shepherds went back, singing praises to God for all they had heard and seen. It had been just as the angel had told them. So here we have the shepherds watching over their sheep, their pride, their joy, their job. They had to be independent and responsible, um, as working out in the towns in more remote places could be dangerous. Shepherds were looked down upon in society. They were often disliked and seen as dishonest because they were accused of stealing sheep to increase their flock. As a result, the priests would rarely buy from them, um, and they weren't allowed to take in, in part in the jury or be counted as a witness in court. They were often seen as liars, as thieves. Put bluntly, the shepherds were outcasts. Jeremiah said in his book, Jerusalem, there was no more disreputable disreputable occupation than that of a shepherd. You couldn't get much worse. They would have had to be pretty tough men to carry a title of the title of a shepherd, which came burdened with so much stigma. And then suddenly an angel appears to them, and these strong men are downright petrified. Don't be afraid, the angel says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And in that very phrase right there is why this angel spoke to these shepherds. Because the shepherds represent all people. That is why the shepherds are so significant in this story. The angels could have told anybody, and it was not by accident that they appeared to these guys. In fact, it's not by accident that the shepherds are mentioned at all. Throughout the Bible, we see shepherds in Jesus' bloodline. From Abel in Genesis, the third person to be mentioned in the whole Bible, to Abraham, Jacob, Moses, David, these shepherds seem to be of little value, yet all instrumental in God's word and in Jesus' family tree. Jesus even called himself the good shepherd. He knew full well how shepherds were regarded, and he chose this title for himself to show that his love was and is for everyone. Jesus, the Son of God, the Good Shepherd. Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. I'm hoping the sheep photo will come up, because it's great. <laughs> now, sheep are mentioned more than 500 times in the Bible, more than any other animal, 
And for the most part, these are sheep referred to us, which I quite like the idea of just that being the whole cow. <laughs> Whether we like it or not, we have some surprising similarities with sheep. We're not as strong as we think we are. We wander very easily. We need guidance. We need support. And the truth is, sheep need a shepherd. Would you believe that sheep, regarded as some of the least intelligent animals, have a really good memory for faces? They recognize faces so easily that they learn who their keeper is, and they can even be learned to be called by name, which I think is great. And it is a true thing. Check it out on YouTube. The sheep just like scuttling after the... <laughs> Molly! <laughs> um, so when Jesus calls us sheep, um, so when Jesus calls us his sheep, this is so significant. God already knows our name. He knew about each and every one of us before we were even born. Psalm 139, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. He's unlike any shepherd we've ever known. He knows us more than we know and understands, our, and understands ourselves. And he loves us for it. Let's look at Luke 15. Jesus tells, the, tells this story when he hears grumbles from the religious Pharisees saying that he shouldn't be hanging out with sinners. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So in this story, Jesus, the good shepherd, is determined to find that hundredth lost sheep. He knows it by name and he won't rest till he's found it. And when he does, when he finds it, he joyfully carries it home on his shoulders I'm imagining the shepherd would be pretty tired having searched for this lost sheep. Maybe the, the, shepherd, the sheep is hurt or injured in some way, um, but he carries it on the shoulders. The sheep could be a cripple, really no use to the shepherd, and yet he is over the moon to have found him. He gets his family and friends around him, tells them about the wonderful news that he's found it, and they celebrate together, all for this one sheep. But this story isn't about sheep. The story is about you. The story is about me. And this story is about us. John 10 continues, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. He lays down his life for us. He died for us. I don't know about you, but I don't think there would be any shepherd that would choose to give his own life to save a poor little sheep's life. It's a sheep, <laughs> unable to defend himself, a weak little sheep. But that's what the Son of God, Jesus, did for us. His sheep. He died to save us. If he was just to save you and nobody else, he would still have died for you. Back in that maze with the young carers, I was so determined to find them. There was no way I was going to leave the maze without them. But to die for them, well, that's a different story. Just think how much more Jesus' desperation to find us must be. 
because he loves us. We're going to take a moment now to think back to those shepherds out in the field, those despised shepherds who were chosen as the first people to meet baby Jesus. God showing his love is for everyone. Then Jesus himself choosing to be called the good shepherd. Jesus showing his love to everyone. Like that lost sheep, he will never stop searching for us. But it's not just his search. He knows where we are. It's ours. We can know God as his sheep. We can recognize him. We can learn to be called by name. Do you want to join the search for Jesus? The man who came to show love to everyone and for everyone. What is it that's stopping you? Maybe you think you don't need God. Maybe you're just fine by yourself. Maybe you've got mixed views of us Christians. Maybe you don't want to have that label. Maybe you struggle with big questions about how God can exist in such a broken world. You're not alone in that. Or maybe it's the church. It's not been the place you thought it was. And you're not sure what to make of it all. Please talk about these things. I don't know a single follower of Jesus that hasn't asked one of these questions. So as we approach Christmas 2017... Will you think about what it's really all about? The day that Jesus was born, the son of God, the good shepherd who chooses us. We can be like the sheep and choose to follow him. We can be like the sheep and choose to follow him. The big question is, will you? I'm just going to have a bit of silence now and take some time to think about this.